Welcome to the J Train Podcast. This is J Train Jared Free coming live from the West Village of Manhattan. We are here every Monday with your stories, your questions, your 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 emails, your stories, your questions. I'm I, listen. I'm even out of order. I usually have the opening straight, but it has been quite a week, as many of you know. Um, I was able to do the Tonight Show last week. I want to. I'm literally taping it in two hours, three hours. So I, I'm speaking to you. From the past, um, I, uh, but the, you know, for these things, it's interesting that the event kind of gets overshadowed by the social media event that happens before the event. You know, maybe you're having your birthday party Saturday night, and then your birthday is Friday, and you get all the posts and likes, and you get all that dopamine drip that you're not even used to it's like a sugar rush of sorts and you know someone could easily hear what i'm saying right now and be like dude social media doesn't matter and it's like okay maybe i'm not speaking to you but i tend to think that i'm a lot like most people that listen to this show and that are out there and that we all get something out of this weird mixed up internet world and the outpouring of just just uh, how nice everyone's been when I like you know when I posted um, that I was gonna be doing the tonight show uh, is just been amazing so thank you I, I have to thank you hopefully I don't bomb um, that will be a whole nother story in itself um, I told the story I'm assuming because I haven't taped it yet but this is I'm speaking for myself in the future I'm sure I told the whole story of how the tonight show happened on coffee with j train yeah that's patreon uh you're gonna have to pay up if you want the goods um <laughs> patreon.com slash jared freed um i'm sure i told the whole story in incredible detail that if you care about it then you'll want to hear the details and kind of what i was going through emotionally and it has been an emotional experience i will say it has been um exactly what i thought it would be uh emotionally because i, I i've been you know, a lot of you found me through a podcast or through The Bachelor or through a tweet I posted on Instagram. You can count on your hand the amount of stand-up comics who have been found through their stand-up comedy. So you got to have something else, and that's something I've been aware of from probably day one of starting comedy is you got to figure out a way to get through to people to make them want to come to a show. And you know, some people get different opportunities in different ways, and this is the way it happened for me, and I'm thankful for that. So, um, but I always knew that one day something like this would happen where I could do the thing I love doing, do stand up, and be able to post that post and have people go, wait, what? You're doing the Tonight Show? Like, I know this could be a surprise to many of you. Some of you have come to shows and you're like, this is, this is awesome. I, I, I saw this coming. And I appreciate that as well. But this is uh, for all the people. I mean, just I, I appreciate the surprised reactions. I appreciate the loving reactions, the of course reactions. All of them have been an amazing thing. And the way it happened, I'll say this, is from one of the listeners. Like, that's really the cool, like, my God, like, what a cool thing. Um, and I'll go, I, you know, I'll try to tell the story over Patreon on Sunday when, you know, again, yesterday, uh, I'm speaking, but uh, it, it is a listener who, um, like, brought it all together. So, like, you can't really, <laughs> like, make that shit up. So, it's, uh, I get like um, emotional about it. Like it's like crazy. And I'm like embarrassed. I have the guests here. They're like watching me like get a little teary eyed. Like it's like really cool. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's get to the show. Um, Patreon.com slash Jared Fried. If you want to hear me cry alone, um, that'll be fun. And uh, and also I'm doing shows. Uh, that doesn't end. The, you know, the, the bus keeps moving along. Phoenix, St. Louis. Um, Really a cool thing that's going on. So jaredfree.com for tickets, jaredfree.com for tickets. I, I'm very excited. Today's guest, uh, OKP to the show. She's been on before. Fantastic comedian. Super funny. Just, I, I mean, talk about talking about the future 
in the past and this whole weird timeline that we're on. She just opened for me in Buffalo, so if you came to the shows, you obviously love her already. Awesome comic. Erica Sparrow, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me, and congratulations. I'm, I'm so excited you. for you. Well, I remember I watching that. you crush a show in my hometown. I had only seen oh. you do like maybe 10 minutes of comedy, and I'll never forget booking you being like, Jared's funny, he'll be fun, and just watched you murder for like oh, an hour. You. And and to a to a crowd that's like a bunch of older married people like they're not the easiest. I was I was blown away then, and I'm I'm so excited to see you on the well, Tonight Show. Truly. Thank you, thank you yeah. so much. Um, I I really appreciate it, and that was a fun show. I mean, like I like to me, those are the audience. Like, I mean, we live in New York City, and you have to go to like Brooklyn and do a show, and <laughs> you, yeah. you you're in front of people who look at you. You know, for a group that thinks they're the nicest and most open, they judge you <laughs> by your looks immediately. Um, but also you'd go through those shows to kind of get a taste of everything to see how you can toe the line, how you can, you know, and if the, you know, I like a crowd like that where you're in the, you know, I'm a, you know, from the suburbs, I, you know, I, I like, that's why I like, you know, especially tonight's show, that was always the goal because it, like no other show. I was like, that's the audience I speak to like, uh, 1130 NBC Tuesday night, you know, like that's the, you know, the show I would want to be on. So Everyone needs to go follow Erica at Sparica on Instagram. She has a great podcast. I've been on it before. Shooters got to shoot. She's uh, so, and it's every Thursday. Go, go, go. Get involved with Erica's podcast. It's a fantastic show. And also, she has been on You Up. You were one of our like top Sunday special episodes. <laughs> we get questions all the time. We get appreciation. Talk about like feedback from that episode so everyone go look up Erica's episode on the You Up feed it is a fantastic episode how are you what's going on uh, anything else other than watching me get teary eyed and embarrass myself at the beginning of the show <laughs> uh, things are good you know they're great still have herpes as always and <laughs> <laughs> still rocking the herp <laughs> yeah you well, know I think, rocking it now <laughs> I think that's I think that's what made people feel um, so good listening to that episode is like you were talking about it in a way that wasn't medical but also acknowledged what it was and also like gave a you know an an easy attitude with it with something that's not easy i'm sure for you or for anyone out there but you know we can be less freaking out about it you know yeah i mean especially after covid you think people would be a little more chill about herpes like shut down the world you know it's uh sure it's not herpes didn't kill your grandma you know (laughs) yeah it didn't (laughs) so it is very like obviously it took me a long time to get to that point like i never told anybody about it Mm. for god like at least i think three years i lived like pretty much in silence of like two people knew and then maybe Mm. a few people that i dated and that was it so my biggest thing with herpes, I'm like, if you have it, you got to talk to somebody, therapist, a friend, someone, because it's, I've talk. lived in that prison and it's tough, but it's, feels so good to be where I am now. I'm like, truly living my best life. So that's amazing. Are you seeing anyone, dating anyone? What's the, what's the sitch and has that, has, has, it, is, what is, you know, for the people at home who are, you know, maybe keeping that, you know, to themselves or they're new to the dating and herpes game what what's the coming out process like because i'm sure that's a question people have we don't have herpes emails you know specific emails today but i'm i'm sure that's the number one question that you get over dm all the time right oh yeah and or it's is like there other ones f- I'm, that i don't i'm, oh, not, no, I'm obviously so not aware <laughs> i mean the number one question everyone's always like how do you tell someone you have herpes and mm. sadly it's something that's like you got to figure out what works best for you uh, I'm comfortable enough now that like I'll bring it up when I just feel like the opportunity is right. Uh, mm. I stand by like not right before you have sex, like not in a bedroom, clothes are coming off. That that can be a real showstopper per se. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's uh, also you know, it's um, you know, I, I would you say it's I, I have to ask, and maybe this is an unfair question. Do you think it's no, unfair to the person you're in bed with? Yeah, because you're putting them on the spot. You're putting them on the yeah. spot to make a decision and give you an answer. And it's, it's basically as if you said to someone, are you going to fuck me or not? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how it feels. It could be a little yeah. jarring of like, uh, I've just heard the word herpes. I know it's an STI. That's pretty much all people know about it. So they sure. just are like, pause. Uh, I did not get enough education on this. Yeah. And it, it, well, that's the thing that came up the most on the U Up podcast with mm-hmm. you is that like, we don't, you know, uh, knowledge is power and we are very powerless 
in mo- you know most of the people are very powerless because they have very little knowledge yeah. and it's not like you're going to be like hey you know like you guys are naked together you're like hey um so i have herpes and then you pull out a powerpoint presentation you know yeah. <laughs> like you, you know exactly. you can't do that you know yeah like i remember on you up i told the story the most recent person i told basically rejected me turned me down which it happens right mm. then the most recent person person i told uh said to me um yeah everybody has herpes those are okay first, first answer and i was like i just hit the jackpot like, yeah this like is I it that yeah i had that and then you'll love this i once told a man i had herpes and his response was your herpes doesn't scare me oh my god <laughs> it was a challenge i was like oh wow okay all right <laughs> yeah, i was Ain't like no oh, herpes tough? gonna take okay. me down yeah yeah you think you- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Erica, you got to stop dating at the Jersey Shore, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, wow, never got that reaction, but I'll take it. Sounds wow. Good. I, I, I kind of like that reaction. Like, I, I mean, it, it, it says everything about them. But I, I think also, you know, there's something that we don't want to admit, like, is that any the, 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 the person that is one herpes admission away from leaving you wasn't really there for the long haul you aren't losing exactly. someone and i i that is the hardest thing to come to a conclusion of because you know we're all insecure and we all want to like put it on one thing so it's not about mm-hmm. just the the magical not the match thing exactly it is it's just hard to not have anxiety about it like when you first get it and you're on a date and that's totally. all you're thinking about it's like how am i going to tell this person i have herpes and it's like you don't even know if you like them yet like, yeah, nothing made me feel more secure in my herpes status than going on a date and just being like, oh, I don't like this guy <laughs> and realizing that like, oh, nothing about herpes is even close to the conversation. Like- it, it's so funny because herpes is everything. And it's, yeah. it, you know, it's it, it does, you know, and so many people do you like them? Nobody. Th- do they like me? Becomes yeah. the first question. It's like, do you like them? is num it, it, it should be number one but like again like easy to say harder to do like if you put it if you maybe if we laminated a card and put it in a pocket of like the top 10 list you should care about on a date to yeah. remind yourself like it was a you know you're playing blackjack and you want to be a reminder of the odds like you, you could be but all of us forget you know like yeah do it's i like, like this person is freeing yeah everyone has some type of baggage that they kind of come with and the thing with herpes is a lot of times you feel this like, oh, like I should be so grateful that this person mm-hmm. is willing to date me or sleep with me. And I think a lot of people feel that regardless of what their baggage is, but especially with totally. herpes, people kind of yes. look at you like, well, you know, someone finally said yes to that. So like, hold on. And that's why like, I like talking about it and being like, no, that person is not treating you well. Like just because they're okay with herpes doesn't mean you should stay with them at all for any yeah, th- reason this isn't your scarlet a of sorts you know it's uh yeah. it listen it, it, this is relatable to anyone listening this is what we talk about on the show you know take emails and so many of them are about dating and you know when they're not again everything is herpes that you know when it's not about herpes it could be about herpes and and mm-hmm. i i love that you're out talking about it making it funny and making it relatable like i I came away from that episode of you up being like, oh, way more like like anxiety wasn't it was just different. Like I I, it was another way to look at things. And I think that is an important thing for everyone who's listening. Like, go check it out. Also, like, go check out Erica. She's fantastic. Hilarious at Sparica on Instagram. Go follow Shooters Gotta Shoot. That's the podcast with with an OKP like yourself, someone who knows the show. Let's just get through a ton of emails. Let's let's, let's really go. let's really uh, talk it out. This one's called my ex and my ego. Mr. Train, feather freaking feather. I just turned 25, have been single for a year after ending a three and a half year relationship. Now, I always like to look at 25 single a year. That means they broke up at 24, three and a half year relationship. That means that was a college boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I think these these facts do matter, don't you think? Oh yeah, definitely. 
Also, the quarter life crisis is a thing. So we mm-hmm. have uh, we have reconnected briefly at times, but it's probably spent eight to nine months in the last year with zero contact. When we have talked, it's clear we still crush on each other, but also that a relationship still would not work. Amongst other some amongst some other issues, we live an hour away and have opposite work schedules. I looked a little too closely at his friend's Insta story and saw my ex hugging a girl in the background. This friend barely ever posts, so it didn't cross my mind to unfollow him initially. I know this girl could be meaningless to my ex, but it crushed my ego. I spiraled a bit. I feel hypocritical. I've had connections uh, and even saw a guy exclusively for a few months this summer. I don't miss our relationship, but he still has some weird hold on me and it's hard to fully let go. Maybe it would be easier if he was ugly. See attached. I'm looking at attached picture of them. She's very good looking too. Like, I mean, like they, <laughs> and he's uh, like, he looks, yeah, the the looks, I, I I think she could find a guy who looks as good as, if not better than him, but even looks, you know, are different to everybody. But he looks like, um, if I could describe him, he looks very uh, 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 politician-ish, I would say. He, he looks like he'd be on succession. He's got a tux on, but she's... <laughs> Beautiful. I mean, she shouldn't worry about like where she stands against him. I would. I would. That's uh, that's my assessment of the looks, which don't matter. I've unfollowed the last of his friends. Do you have any other advice for the second wind era in a breakup, especially when it comes to managing a bruised ego versus a broken heart? Can I still, uh, in good conscience, date other people, knowing I just got upset over a hug? Erica, what do you think? So my first question is: she still is following her ex, or she unfollowed everybody? It seems she's unfollowed everybody, but in this scenario, she saw her ex hugging a girl in the background of a guy's Instagram story who never posed, so she never... He wasn't uh, part of the... This friend wasn't part of the cleanse. They got through, you know, the yeah. <laughs> the, the, the the fence that she put up. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I used to be one of those people that tried to play it cool of like, I'm not going to be that person that blocks my ex on Instagram or mm-hmm. unfollows. Like, I want to look like the cool chill everything's fine we could still be friends yeah through my 20s i have learned that is the worst idea you could do why would we do this to ourselves why it makes no sense whatsoever and it's like every dating coach breakup advice you read like people that really know their stuff they're immediately like unfollow them block them on everything especially venmo that's truly who you find out (laughs) who they're dating okay venmo sneaks up on you (laughs) it does like i saw my ex get a venmo on valentine's day from some girl i didn't realize i had him on venmo right which i was like that's not the relation for me i don't want to be venmoing people on valentine's day anyway but i immediately (laughs) was like oh there was something i missed i blocked everything but i missed that and it's hard you can't help yourself you're like i'm gonna look up this girl i'm gonna go down this spiral we all do it so well, that's she that's is, the, she, I'm sorry to interrupt, but that is no, something good. we have to admit to, and it's because our parents didn't have that. Our parents yeah. grew up without like think about if your parents grew up without McDonald. How about this? I'll give I'll give an actual example. Our parents okay. grew up without Shake Shack. Yep. There was no Shake Shack. I walk by a Shake Shack and I need to lick the windows. I, <laughs> the smell coming from a Shake Shack makes it, it's just that butter on the griddle that's burning a bun. And I want to like, I am like, you know, I'm like Yogi Bear with the smell and I float into a Shake Shack. Our parents, if your parents looked at you and was like, if you've held that against yourself and you're like, well, my parents didn't have to do that and I should feel bad about that. It's like, no, no one else had to deal with a Shake Shack before. Uh-uh. No one else, you know, our parents had the luxury of running into an ex 10 years from now, from from when they mm-hmm. broke up, when they're already with a new family and being like, oh, hey, look, you look old. You know, like, <laughs> we don't even, we don't even see our exes getting old because they're getting old with us. So yeah. we don't even get the luxury of being grossed out by them. You know, like and think and comparing them against their past self. We have so we we just don't have the the same the same beautiful existence that maybe our parents were allowed to. But also our parents had to, you know, date the three people in their neighborhood. So good with good comes bad and with bad comes good. But go on. I'm sorry. to interrupt. No, actually, your example is perfect because uh, fast food chains have also evolved with technology that all of Mm. them have a scent that gets sprayed in their place to be let out 
into the door so that when you smell it, your brain recognizes it and you're like McDonald's. Like Subway okay, has that, one, McDonald's has one. It's that nuts. should be against the law. That is a <laughs> that actually infuriates me. I, I like, they're, they're acting like I'm sitting here being like, oh, I can't not eat McDonald's French fries, and it's like, yeah, yeah because it's a, because they have a, a, a they have a hallucinogenic they're spreading throughout their fucking you know uh, play yeah. pens. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, well, yeah, but it, like that's evolved, and so has how we deal with relationships and technology. Totally, it's all evolved. Like now, everyone's parents on Instagram. But like for a long time, they weren't even on there. Like I got a text from my mom today about how do I post this on Instagram? <laughs> so like, <laughs> how, they do I, how do I um, edit my reels? I'm I'm looking to put up um, Thanksgiving pictures from ten years ago. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, this girl, I think you are doing everything right. Like, especially yeah, for so how too. young you are, the fact that you pulled the plug and you were like, I'm unfollowing, unfollowing all the friends. That's a brilliant move because then the surprise pop up is the worst uh, for the ego. That is tough. It's like no matter how good you look, how good you feel, when you feel like your other person, your ex, is dating someone new, you automatically feel insecure about your own appearance. Yeah. And you shouldn't, but we all do. I and- would. Have, I, I totally agree with you. There, there's something else here that I, I, I think might help her, and this is going to sound really sad and depressing, but I think this might help. It's not your ex. It's your life. Yeah. It's a, You know, you aren't looking at an ex hugging someone going, I miss them. You miss moving forward. You miss that life at 25. And I mentioned this in the beginning, the quarter life crisis exists. You're sitting there at 25 and a job that you not sure if you even like you're single. It's been a year. You kind of want adulthood to move on. And I think everyone is there at a certain age and maybe younger for women than maybe men. Um, and you're on a social media and you're seeing someone that you cared about that could have been the the bus out of childhood to kind of move on with and they're not. And so yeah. I think like it could be comforting to realize like you're not she, – she writes, especially when it comes to managing bruised ego for, versus a broken heart, can I still in good conscience date other people knowing I just got upset over a hug? Yeah. I think people yeah. like getting upset about a lot of different things that are as small as a hug. They're, you know, they're getting upset. They're getting their paycheck. They're going, this is all I make at 25. You know, they're, they're, they're talking to a boss that's younger than them or they're talking to a boss they don't respect or they're all these things make you go uh, like upset you for a day and go, where am I in life? And mm-hmm. I, let me just tell this person you're doing great. You're 25. You're living somewhere that's an hour away from your boyfriend so I'm, or your ex. So I'm sure you're living somewhere that you're doing different things and, and, and moving forward. So you are moving forward, just at not the pace you imagined. I don't, and no one moves at the pace they imagine. I would say. No, and healing isn't, we always think it's just like, okay, I'm over them or I'm not over them. And a lot of times it's like, it's kind of a free-flowing thing. It's mm-hmm. normal to every once in a while wonder, what is my ex up to? How are they doing? Are they seeing someone? It's totally normal. But like, I don't, I mean, one thing I do is like, okay, so everybody says when you want to date someone new, like you should make a list of qualities you want in a person and like somewhat manifest them. Mm. Here's what I think is great for breakups. I've done this. Make a list of all the things you didn't like about them and what drove Mm. you crazy and reasons it didn't work. But like, think just even like little pet peeves. And that really helps because once you start making that list, you get on a roll. And a lot of times you come to things (laughs) that you go, oh, actually long-term we're not compatible. Like, well, I love this well, person. I liked them. But, oh, long term, you're like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't want to raise my kids that way or something like that. Also, her list right now only includes that they're an hour away from each other and they're different work schedules. That's not it. Mm-hmm. You know, you broke yeah, up for no. other reasons. That is not. Those are the reasons that you look at through the rose colored glasses, rose tinted mm-hmm. glasses that uh, of a breakup when you're lonely and you're not sure about your life. Yeah. So this list would be very helpful. You make the list of things, you know, here's uh, title it. Here's why he sucked. And, yeah, literally. And ask your friends for things. Your friends yeah. will give you a million reasons. You're like, the minute you break up is when everyone becomes honest, where you're like, oh, this person, they're like, all right, how honest do you want me to be? And be like, add it to the list. Like, you, can, like, make, you can make a Google Doc and have everybody add to it if you want. There, there you and go. I, I've done that of, I missed my ex during like quarantine, obviously, it was dark times. Mm-hmm. And I texted my one friend, and I go, remind me again why my ex sucked. And she sent me just like this long list. And I was like, all right, I got it, I got it, I got it. I'm not going to message them. Don't worry. 
Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Here with Erica Spera. At Sparica, two A's. Shooters got to shoot. Go every Thursday. Great podcast. Brunette and single. Jared, big fan. I love all your podcasts. Can't wait to see you live soon. Quick dilemma. I'm a 25-year-old woman. See, 25 <laughs> is an age. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that sounds so dumb. It's an age. Uh, no, but no, it, it is, is an age for, for emails. Late to the show. 20s. Your yeah. brain just goes, you're late 20s now. You're not young early 20s. You're late 20s. No, and and I thought I would have been, and mom and dad got married at 27, you know, mm-hmm. so, uh, and I got nobody, and you start doing the math. If I don't meet someone in six months, then it's 28, and then it's 29. Mm-hmm. I'm 25 years old who moved to a new city right after graduation, have made new friends in my city who are very attractive women. So much so that every time I go out with them, guys ask me if they're single, but show no interest in me. I really enjoy spending time with my friends, and I know I'm not ugly or anything. I just have better luck at the bars when I don't arrive with this particular group. Ultimately, I know that the right guy for me will like me for who I am, and I shouldn't worry about shouldn't worry about this. What would you do if you were me? Some details. My friends are exclusively blonde Barbie types. I look nothing like them as I'm brunette and a Latina. Love them. Want to keep going out uh, with them as they are the closest friends I have. Ha- I have here, but hate feeling like the second option when it comes to dating scene here. What do you think, Erica Spera? First of all, I actually think it's better to have friends that don't look like you. And I totally agree. Opposite because this is a, this is a win. <laughs> yeah, I was like, because if it's a group of all blonde looking the same guys that are approaching that group haven't really chosen one. Yeah, <laughs> like they just approach like you know I, yeah. any of these we, would be fine you know we have we have uh we have like mosquito bug eyes in bars yeah. you know we're and, just seeing oh this is the you know blonde i like blonde and it's just a mess of blonde and whatever blonde we can end up with is the way and, and this sounds you know a little icky and but it is you know, especially in this bar scenario she brings up, like these guys aren't going, well, which is the one that yeah. I, you know, they're going for very much type over specifics, as you're saying. Oh, for sure. Um, in general, though, I would say the rule is if you're really trying to go out and meet people and talk to people, I, I'm a, I go out with like one friend maximum. Mm. Maybe one. two, but honestly, one. Usually me and one other girl. That's when we get talked to the most or we talk to other people the most, too, Mm because you're not kind of stuck in this like group mentality. Yes. And sometimes the group makes it easier for the scenario she brought up, like, you know, groups kind of like ease the pain of, you know, that's why men are going up to her and being like, hey, is your friend single? Because she's with a bigger group Mm -hmm. and she can answer. And it's it just it's not as painful when it's two women looking at you. And it's like, hey, is your friend single? And she's like, yeah, I'm right next to her. What? You know, like, <laughs> uh, it's a little, and, it's a little harder. And like, and it's not to say we're trying to make it harder for people to approach you, but it's, it's maybe it cuts down on the dude who's just looking for blondes in bulk, so to speak. Yeah, like you're two different types. And if people, you know, if you date men, men are typically more visual. But I'm, I'm very like that. I have a type. Mm. So, mm-hmm. like, if I walked into a bar and there were four guys that were all my type, I would feel this, like, uh, which one? Kind of like my brain sure. would kind of explode, where it'd be like, all right, let's see some personality come out. Yeah, you know? let's see what, uh, uh, <laughs> start the America's Got Talent competition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's tough because it's like you can't, you can't control what people are attracted to. Like, I'm, I'm a six foot, tar- dark haired, olive skinned woman. I mm. have a lot of friends that are very, very short. And I feel this. Every fucking time I go out with them, mm-hmm. like all the time, they'll either be getting approached and I'm not, or I'm often that girl that my guy friends will always be like, oh, what's up with so-and-so? What's their deal? And it really does suck and it really does hurt. So I, honestly, I'm actually intrigued to hear your advice on this too, Jared, because <laughs> it's like, it, it does hurt. And I understand that. Like you go out, you're like, all right, another night I went out and everybody asked about the blondes. <laughs> See, this is the thing that I, I do think part of it is perspective and staying positive, which is very easy to say, mm-hmm. hard to do. Like the, I think if the guy is coming up to you and being like, you know, he was never an option. It's not like you're wasting your time. Like yeah. there's so many, uh, you know, like if anything, I, the, the way I look at it is everyone that comes up to you and asks about your friend has their own friends who 
you might be their type. You know, you're right. looking to meet people, and and if it's happening in real life, like you're so far ahead of the dating app game, and it's such a like awesome, like like fun experience to have like this new person come into the group, and you go, okay, everyone has 200 friends. Of the 200, half of them are male. You know, yep. like so of that hundred. I'm going to play the numbers game and say one of them is going to like a brunette Latina woman, you know, like I yeah. think like, so I, I, I think like in, I think coming at that person with positivity and being like, Hey, it's so nice to meet you. Like you're kind of on audition mode for them and their friends. And I'm not saying that's how you, you know, I don't think everyone should be like acting differently, but I think like some positivity goes a long way where it's like, Oh my God, she's awesome. I also think you should never forget that this person came up to you. Like sometimes you come at that person and you're like, oh my God, you know, you're so nice to them. And then they go, oh, I'll take you. And it's like, no, 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 you already made some choices here. Like uh, you might have to deal with that. I would say also that I, I think going out with one blonde, I think what you're saying is totally right. Like in uh, yeah. now it's like, okay, now we have the, you know, the Neapolitan ice cream. You know, like, <laughs> like you yeah, come in. Regardless, <laughs> regardless of looks, it's just you're less scary to approach. A, a large group of people is, is hard to approach. Anytime I've been out with, like, a bunch of girls, nobody's getting approached. The only time you do is if you stray from the group. So that would be my other piece of advice is when you're out with this group, always be like the drink runner. Always be like, mm. oh, I'll go grab the drinks. Like, you have to stray away a little bit. And also, like, look around the room yourself. I'm like... Is there anyone in the room that you want to talk to? Like, you could go talk to them. Like, it's great. That's it's always what I encourage women. They're always like, no one comes up to me. I'm like, are you, like, even looking around? Are you even catching someone's eye? Like, the most basic thing will make a man talk to you in a bar. Your advice is great. I think that is the answer. I think we all have to be in a school of fish and then stray from the school. Oh, yeah. Like, you that's the best like, way to meet people. Like, pull one of the women from the group out from the larger group. Like, do, like, what do they, what do they call it? Like, the spaceship, they have, like, little, um, oh, little the tiny... Yeah, the little tiny, like, uh, on the cruise ship, they have the, the tenders. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is the advice. You got to have a... You have to have a, uh, a friend tender. When you go on a mm-hmm. cruise ship um, and you stop at an island on the cruise and they can't park directly next to the island. They just park about a mile out to sea, and they send the little tiny boats, the tenders out, to go drop people off at the island. So when you go out with a big group, I would find one person to be your tender. So you go out from the group with them to the bar, separate from them, and then you have the bigger group to bring people back to. So you can mm-hmm. get people from the island. So now you two are more approachable. You have the, the, the strength in numbers. You have the fun. You can get away from someone that turns into a bad conversation. And now you can kind of cut down on like the dude that's coming to the, you know, the blonde Costco to try and like pick mm-hmm. out which one he can get, I think. Oh, exactly. And the fact that you have a friend group is the easiest escape from bad conversations, like you said. Like, totally. You have a little convo, da da da, and you're like, oh, all right, well, I got to get back to my friends. It was nice to meet you. And you just, <laughs> and you bounce. It's so easy. The J Train Podcast is brought to you by Hello Tushy. This holiday season, give everyone on your list the one thing they truly want but are too afraid to ask for a clean ass. I'm going to tell you right now what a gift that is. You. What else could you give someone for the holidays that they're going to use every single day? And it's going to save them money, which, you know, I don't think any of us are saying I'm spending too much on toilet paper a year, but you're saving money's money. And it's going to make them feel better because they're not going to be just wipe it. They're going to, it is a soothing experience to have a bidet. I'm telling you, I have one. It's, it, it is. It makes me not want to leave home. I, I come back from the road. I save it up. I save up a, a, a bathroom trip, you know, when I'm flying back. The Hello Tushy bidet washes your bum with fresh water for a way better clean than toilet paper. Just spray, pat, and go. That's the thing. You don't realize it's a pat. Done. One square. It attaches to your existing toilet. No electrician. 
or plumber needed and installs in less than eight minutes. Cuts down your TP use by 80%, saving you money and paper. Get even more tushy joy with the entire tushy system, including the tushy bidet attachment, ottoman, toilet brush, and tushy stand and tissues. Join the millions of happy Hello Tushy customers right now. Your ass will thank you. Give the gift of clean bum to yourself or your loved ones this holiday season and get 10, 10, 10% off plus free shipping right now at hellotushy.com slash JTrain. That's hellotushy.com slash JTrain for 10% off and free shipping. The J Train Podcast is brought to you by Bev. Young or old, tall or short, everyone likes a nice set of cans. This holiday season, show off the best cans around with Bev. Wine in a can. I love this drink. I love having wine in a can. I love that I can, you know, I have it in the fridge right now. I got all the, the, the different types. They got, you know, rosé, soft blanc, pinot gris, uh, Pinot Noir and Glitz and Glam. It's the the wine's delicious. I like that it kind of chills you out. You know, when you're drinking wine from a can, it's a, just a different mindset. This is night on the couch, hanging with your friend. Wine. This is this is uh, having having you know talking out the weekend with a friend. This is pregame wine, and I I really love the Pinot Noir. I I put it in the fridge. Keep it cold. It, this is this is about making wine for you, not for your mom and dad. This is about ha- you know cracking open a Pinot Gris and just enjoying it. Zero sugar, only three carbs, hundred calories per serving. It's great. New Year's resolutions are right around the corner. You can hit your goals with Bev. Okay, and they're dry, crisp, and a little fizzy. Super refreshing, delicious. Bev is the female first can wine brand. It does feel female first. It does feel like this would be had with the gals. It's made by chicks. That's their words, not mine. It says it on the can. Not only is Bev changing the way you drink wine, they're changing the way this stodgy old male-dominated industry has operated for generations. From their female winemaker to their CEO and founder, Bev's breaking the wine glass ceiling one can at a time, people. Bev ships straight to your door, and shipping is always free. Their four-packs are great for gifting or hosting. Yeah, comes in a little cute four-pack. I like it. I've worked out a special deal just for you. You can get 20, 20, 20% off your first purchase, plus free shipping on all orders. I suggest trying their best-selling Ladies' Night Variety Pack so you can check out all of their delicious varietals. Go to drinkbev.com slash JTrain or use code JTrain at checkout to claim this deal. That's D-R-I-N-K. Bev.com slash J train, drinkbev.com slash J train, or get Bev nationwide at Target, Total Wine, Bevmo, and more. J train podcast at gmail.com, J train podcast at gmail.com. Here with Erica Spera. Go follow at Sparica on Instagram. Go follow, go follow, go follow. Fuck boy or nah. Okay, so this is an email that we've started playing on the UF podcast, this game called Fuckboy or Nah, where people write in a scenario and we dub, we dub the person that they're dealing with a fuckboy or nah, okay? But I, I don't, I've never read this, but let's see what, it, what this person has to say. All right. Love the podcast. Uh, you guys have been helpful uh, in navigating the awful New York dating scene where every guy is under six foot, not ready for a relationship, or leads women on. Well, at least they're starting with positivity. Uh, yeah, can I say this? Uh, date short men. I'm a very big uh, you are advocate for shorter men. Yeah, I'm six feet. I've dated guys shorter than me. They tend to be better in bed. So you want to keep dating six five guys that suck? Go for it. Uh, well, it's, uh, big advocate. You, we we <laughs> talked about this on a recent you a podcast. Do you find? I I kind of came of the opinion you don't find. Do you find a lot of men ever have an issue with that, or are they like? Like, I think a lot of taller oh, women will be like, taller? yeah, yeah, like taller women will, the, you know, the email we get a lot here is like, you know, they don't want to date me because I'm taller. And I'm, and I was always like, no, I think it's hot. I think it's fun. I, I, I don't think that that would ever, but I think it's also, you have to have a, I, I think if the guy doesn't want to, he can't be that confident. So I would, I would assume you want to date him either, but. Yeah, it depends. People have a type. So anyone that's dated me. When we break up, immediately is dating another tall woman oh, really? that looks like me. Like, so it's a thing that I'm like, okay, yeah, guys that are into me, they're very into me. They're very into tall women, whether they were tall or they were not. How do so, you feel about that? When someone dates someone that looks like you? Well, not looks like you, but the, the, that you find out you're like, oh, they like tall women. Like this was like th- that reveal. How does that feel? <laughs> like if I saw someone that would like, yeah. if all of a sudden I saw like, 
you know, my ex with a stocky guy with nice eyebrows, I'd be like, oh my God, okay, <laughs> holy shit. Um, but I don't even know how I would react to that. I don't think women may date certain types, I think, but also mm-hmm. like maybe sometimes, I don't know, maybe I'm thinking it shows for men more. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. It's funny that like uh, I've obviously dated people that were like not that nice. Uh, and even those guys <laughs> that I did not like, like really hated afterwards, I saw them with a tall woman and I just was like, well, at least he's dating tall women. Like, I weirdly <laughs> felt like, oh, good for her. You know, like, I know how hard it is out there. At least he stayed uh, with the team. Yeah, it's like no one wants to feel, like, fetishized in a way. No. But it's kind of something of, like, if I just asked you, like, what is the thing you find most attractive on other people? For me, I'm very, I'm a very big teeth person. I like okay. a good smile. Like, a go- I'm a sucker for a good smile. Like, some guy's got pearly whites. I'm like, who is he? Right? Mm. And I feel like that's the same thing of if you asked, like, my exes and they said, I like long legs. It's like, well, who mm. has long legs? Tall women. Tall women, so yeah. So I, I don't take, like, too much offense to it, per se. Uh, but it is it is one of those when you see your ex with someone who's like you, sometimes it hurts more because you go, oh, so it was, it was my personality then. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay, you wanted me, but just not me. You know? Yeah, just a ver- me with different brain. That's a, yeah. The, the, yeah, or uh, especially for women, younger me. I've had that. Uh, of like, oh, that's me five years younger. That's 25 me. I'm 30-year-old me. Sure, okay. but, like, uh, yeah. you know, there's a good way to look at that where you go, oh, younger me, but also me with less pressure and less looking and, yep. and more ability to play the games that that guy's looking to play. You know, like I... Oh, I, for sure. I, I, it's funny you said I would nobody wants to be fetishized and I said you're right but I, I started thinking about I'll take being fetishized once uh, one time I just want to see what it's like where someone's like oh my god I've been yeah. I've been hoping for someone exactly like you so I uh, okay so yeah. this person wait writes, but the height thing can I say quick please for me as a tall woman it's very much if they don't care I don't care Mm. I've been with guys that say they don't care and then they'll do weird shit or they'll make comments where I'm like, okay, you care. And now it bothers me. So what do they do? That's weird. The comments I can imagine and, or I, what are the, yeah, what do they do? And what are the comments when you're dating someone who has an issue? Um, it's like little jokes that are implying like I'm manly or like hey. with like, yeah, exactly. Which I don't like kind of thing. No, I wouldn't like, like that. Yeah. It's just like biologically. It's like men are stronger than women. Like I'm, it's basically six feet. A guy who's five seven is probably still stronger than me. Mm-hmm. Like so, those little things are almost like hesitations with stuff like that. I'm a little like, all right, like, I I know like, I'm taller ca- than you. You carry the luggage. I'll lead the way. You know, like, right? Like, <laughs> exactly. And it goes both ways. Of like, if I'm tall, I don't want to belittle a guy because he's short. Of like, oh, let me get that. Totally. So, you know, it's just very little things. Like I'll that, get these but. things from the shelf. Yeah, like that's, that's horrible. I can't imagine. I, I uh, like he's challenging you to arm wrestle. <laughs> it's like yeah. what? So this person writes. My question is, how do I deal with a quote unquote guy friend who recently started seeing a girlfriend of mine after I turned him down? For context, he he asked me out in January after being my quote unquote friend since freshman year of college eight years ago, which creeped me out since I thought we were friends. Eight months later, he's dating one of my good good girlfriends who he says he met on a dating app. As you can imagine, this guy and I are no longer friends. Out of the millions of gorgeous, stunning women in New York, he chose my friend. Weird. I have tried to warn her that he's bad news to no avail. What is your advice for the situation? Is he a fuckboy or nah? This is an interesting question with an interesting perspective. What do you think, Erica? Uh, I don't think she has any right to be mad about this at all. I'm with you. I think she I needs... Don't, I don't think this dude's a fuckboy at all. He asked you out. You said no. He found your friend inter- interesting. He asked her out. She said yes. What? Yeah. You want your cake and you... Like, you want to have your cake and eat it too. That's... What? And, and it also makes sense that he would be attracted to your friend because... And I can understand in her defense, I'll give her... I, I understand why she's hurt because mm. she's she's obviously hurt and her feelings have been... And she doesn't understand why. She's like, I've turned him down. Why would I? And so she's kind of mm-hmm. flipping it to him being the bad guy so that she has a reason to be hurt. And it's like, yep. I do. you can be hurt and not make him the bad guy. And, I, and you can feel weird about it and not, and not make him the bad guy because you're like, wait a minute. So did he like me or did he like me and anyone else that he talked to? Or was he always looking at her even though he asked me? And it's like, to me... 
the friend should feel weirder about it. And she seems to yeah. be cool with it too. And she says, well, um, out of the millions of gorgeous, stunning young women in, in New York, he chooses my close friend. Well, I would assume, and you were friends with him for eight years. So yeah, if you two her. are friends, then she and you, if if both of you, if you're the A plus B equals C, it's a transitive property. If, if A is friends with B and B is friends with C, A and C are going to get along pretty well. And yeah. he, he got along with you and got up the guts to ask you out, which, listen, maybe he was friends with you in freshman year and maybe things changed for him over time and he became not your friend and he was acting as a friend until he got up the courage to ask you out. Then he did and you mm-hmm. turned him down and it's like, that's it. And it's like, I know this person sounds like they're having issues with the New York dating scene. Every guy's under six feet, not ready for a relationship, leads uh. women on. And it's like, She's got to adjust her attitude a little bit. And I, and this isn't a dude telling you to smile more, you know, like no, I, this is someone, this is two people hearing your email and going, maybe you need to take a break from dating and maybe you need to like, you know, like take some time to look in the mirror and just like get over it a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sitting here as someone who's dated in New York city <coughs> for almost 10 years of yeah. like, do you know how rare it is that a man will straight up ask you out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> straight up ask you out clearly sure. ask you out for a date that alone is so rare that i'm like that pinpoint alone i was like not a fuck boy that's not yeah. a fuck boy a fuck boy is like we should hang sometime and you're like what hey what when where is this a date like that's how you feel with fuck boys this dude i think had a thing for you for years yeah. finally got the balls to ask you out like you said and you said no and you know what he was probably hurt took the rejection and then eventually was like you know what her friend's cute she's fun i should ask her out well, well, they met on a dating app, and she's makes oh, it out to did? be Hilarious. she makes it out to be this lie, and it's like why would and and it's like she says I I told her that he's a bad guy. Like I listen, yeah. we only have part of the story, we don't know the whole story, but based on this email, he seems like a guy who wants to date someone, and he's out yeah. there looking to date. And it's, you said no, and he maybe he got over it pretty quickly. You say it was eight years. I don't think for eight years he was sitting there being like, I got to take my shot. Maybe it was for eight years, but his process of getting over it was going on a dating app and then seeing someone who he knows and he's like, I'll swipe right. Let's see what happens. Wow. They swipe right on me. Holy shit. Let's start talking. Wow. We get along and this person is attracted to me. That's what the dating apps were made for. It was Mm -hmm. made for not having to figure out for eight years whether someone was attracted to you enough to be able to ask them out. So it happened with your friend quicker because he had the go ahead. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I've gone on a handful of dates from dating apps that were people I already kind of knew. Yeah, it happens. And they remind you. You're like, oh, yeah, that guy. He's nice. Why why didn't I ever think of that guy? And you're like, all right, I'll go out with him. Absolutely. The J Train Podcast is brought to you by Stitch Fix. When you go shopping for clothes, you bring someone along to tell you what looks good on you, right? You want that friend who goes through the racks and says you should try on those jeans you've been eyeing up. Now with Stitch Fix Freestyle, you'll have a virtual BFF that curates your looks for you, all from the comfort of your couch. I will tell you right now, I love Stitch Fix. I love what they're doing. What they're doing is they get a profile of you. They hear about what you like and what you don't like. And then they find things that you might not have picked out. That is the beauty of it. It is opening up a door in your brain that maybe you were afraid to open. Freestyle learns what cuts fabrics and fits you like the best. It's a one-stop destination. Stitch Fix combines over a thousand brands. And since Freestyle knows all about you, how you love cutoffs and but how you love cutoffs, but sequins, you can cutoffs but sequins. I, I they get to know you. I'm I'm reading this right now, but I, I I love that they get to know you just enough to get you something that you might not have pulled on your own. You get all the benefits of a personal concierge, totally free, no subscription required. Plus, they throw in free shipping returns and exchanges. It's all in one hassle-free personal shopping service. And what a great time of year to do this. Right now, for the, you know, you got holiday parties, you got pre-games, all that stuff. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash JTrain. Try Stitch Fix Freestyle. Stitchfix.com slash JTrain. Get out there and look your best. Stitchfix.com slash JTrain. Tell them Jared sent you. The JTrain Podcast is pleased to introduce a new sponsor, Panic Panties. Have you ever been in a situation where you got to ask your friend to spare a pair? of panties when you need fresh uh, freshies in a pinch get panic panties 
Panic panties are individually wrapped panties for all those times you're at the gym, on a date, on a trip, out of laundry, or laugh so hard you pee a little. They are for any time you panic because you need a new pair of panties in a pinch. Just like a lipstick or tampon stash, your panic panties in your purse, luggage, car, gym bag, desk, or hookups place, the options are endless. Just unpack the pair, reseal your old pair, and get on with your day. Plus, they're so comfortable you'll want to wear them again and again. Grab panic panties when an emergency strikes or anytime you want a soft, stretchy premium panty at a price that doesn't make you want to go commando. They make the perfect stocking stuffers, secret Santa gifts, bachelorette favors, birthday presents, and more. And fellas, stash one at your place for your lady to have one for the morning after. I So they send me the panic panties. I think this is a fantastic idea. I think this is a great thing. You, and they're right. You put a tampon in your bag. You put, you know, you put, uh, you, you, you pack for the night, but why wouldn't you pack extra panties? And it comes in a very discreet package. It's very, you, you, you know, it's funny when I was explained it, I was, I was thinking of like, you know, how do you fit panties in a bag? This could fit in any size bag. And it's great, especially, you know, packing a bag to go stay with your guy. This is just, and also, what a stocking set. Like, what a fun thing to give your girlfriend. So just for my listeners, check out their styles at panicpanties.com. That's panicpanties.com. Use code JTRAIN, JTRAIN, JTRAIN for 20% off your purchase. That's panicpanties.com, promo code JTRAIN for 20% off. Podcast at gmail.com Podcast at gmail.com here with Erica Sparica uh, Erica Sparica at Sparica go follow Shooters Gotta Shoot that's your podcast fantastic podcast I have been on it before let's do some screenshot emails is that okay yeah I'm in okay so I sent you a couple let's start with rejected by my crush am I ruined okay Jared, longtime fan. I love everything you do. I've thought about writing in with various versions of my question, but recent events have urgently escalated my need for your sage wisdom. I've had a crush on my best friend slash roommate's brother for about three years. Known him about six years total. See, this is a similar situation to what we just deal with from the other side. Six years, three-year crush. It makes sense. <clears throat> I never acted on it and only saw him a few times a year, so it never felt worth risking my friendship with my roommate or something I wasn't for some over something I wasn't. Okay, so it never felt worth risking my friendship with my roommate over something I wasn't sure about. I've dated other people, and while it was always fun, there was something in the back of my head that that still always thought about the brother and the other relationships never worked out. I saw him a lot more over the summer as we have played on the same rec softball league and other summer fall activities. I decided after talking with my home friends that I should talk to my roommate about it to see how she would feel, knowing that if I did date him, it would impact our friendship. She gave me the green light. And we were hosting a party that, uh, the following weekend, so I decided I would tell him then. At softball that week, I found out he had been dating someone. Then he brought her to my party. Ooh, so sorry. Mm. I held back and just continued on. Fast forward to Halloween. He threw a party. I hadn't heard any mention of the girl in a few weeks, so I assumed maybe it had ended. She wasn't there. I drank a lot, and I told him I liked him, and I th and that I thought he had maybe felt something as well. There are, there's always been vibes, and I've also been told he has drunkenly talked about how he finds me attractive. He admitted that he, while he was attracted to me, the timing wasn't right because he was still seeing the other girl. I was very drunk and pushed him a little bit on it, and he regretted that the next morning. So I texted him to apologize. Screenshot attached. Let's read the screenshot. You be her, I'll be him. Hi. Just wanted to A, apologize for not shutting up last night, and B, just say that we can forget about it and just be friends slash softball teammates. Smiley face. Ha, it's an upside down face. Oh, yeah. Playful. <laughs> ha ha. It's all good, blank. As I said, timing's not great there with the blank stuff. But yeah, looking forward to another W on Thursday. And thanks for coming yesterday. Hope you guys had fun. Super fun. Thanks for hosting. 
Okay, so that's the text. He seemed cool. We still have softball, so I'll definitely be seeing him again a decent amount over the next few weeks and months. A few days after the party, I told my roommate I had told her brother I liked him, but not, got rejected, and she told me the other girl had texted him that night after I admitted my feelings, and she broke things off with him. I saw him last night at softball. While it wasn't the most awkward it could be, it definitely felt a little weird slash different than usual. My question is, should I move on with the fact that he turned me down even though he's not with the girl anymore or see if he comes back soonish and wants to maybe try something? Love everything you do. Thank you for being my dating guru for the past four years. Signed, crushed by my crush. What do we think, Erica Spera? Uh, I'm all for women initiating, making a move. But my rule is you make the move, you let it known, and then you back off. Yeah. And I think you did that. And I'm actually very proud of you that you were like, oh, I've always had a crush on you. Like you said something. You put yeah. it out there. He knows. That's all you got to do. You got to let him know. He knows and he left the door unlocked. Yeah. And he's making, there's a lot here that like isn't written and it's kind of in the margins of it. First of all, going to the friend and her not really playing any role whatsoever kind of says a lot to me mm-hmm. women love relationship talk you know the reason yeah. this this podcast has a female listenership they like getting into these issues they like getting in the weeds maybe with a brother they might step back a little bit but i know that if they're your roommate and good friend and the, and they're their brother and you know they're, they're it's their sibling they don't want a friend or a sibling to go through uncomfortable times. So it's weird to me that the friend took such a backseat in all this. Didn't say, let me, you know, the friend can kind of work as your dating app, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like he probably said to her, uh, I don't know. Don't say anything. Yeah. And, and so this is, I, that's why Erica, what you said is so true. It's like you took your shot. You want to, and, and, and I mean, you, you can want whatever you want. If you want to hook up, yeah, go back to this guy. But it seems as though this guy's willing to be attracted to you, but not willing to date. And in whatever manner that might be. If I want to be dating someone, I wait for the date to come to my door with an invitation. If I'm them. So it's move on with the... And, and I hate giving this advice because people go, they go, should I wait? I'm not saying uh, to wait. It's time to move on. You did your piece. Of course it felt different at softball because you're different. You're not, you're now not flirting with him behind, you know, as co, you know, as the friend or the, you know, the roommate or yeah. whatever. <clears throat> move on. Owning that retribution is possible for everyone. So, you know, don't I? I don't think there's anything to hate him about. I think he's attracted to you, but it just he's not. He, to me, it sounds like he's not really looking to date. I mean, the fact that his quote unquote girl he's seeing dumped him after a party—that to me is someone who like didn't really. I mean, I don't. I don't mean to take the girl's side on this, but like the idea that she like texted him at the party, like we're over. Like something happened at that party that wasn't him being a you know kind of a fully in boyfriend uh the thing is like this guy would be way more of a dick if he knew you liked him and then hooked up with you and wanted to not date you yeah so like it's not that i don't think anyone's being a bad person i think it's he's just not into you and yeah the whole moving on it's just like it's yeah live your life maybe this guy will come back someday maybe he won't but you can't waste your time waiting for them ever the road the road with them two as a friendship will smooth out over time I, I totally agree, and and you'll get over this. You'll be fine. Again, I think what Erica's saying is totally right. You gave it a shot. He didn't hook up with you for a very specific reason because he's seeing consequences all around you too. The roommate, the sister, the shared friendships. I think it's funny that he's like, I said timing's not great there with the blank stuff, and it's like he's letting this be an option in the future. You don't want to be an option you want to be pursued, let him pursue, but I would say you move on. Yeah, 100%. JTrainPodcast at gmail.com. JTrainPodcast at gmail.com. Here with Erica Sparrow. Let's do one more. Is that cool? Yeah, oh, man. Okay. This one's called, I asked for a plan, but he says I ghosted. 
J Train, love the podcast, all your content. Look forward to seeing you whenever you come back to SoCal. I was recently on the apps after a year long break with the goal of just going on a date to get back out there. I really implemented and stuck to the advice of giving my number and asking for a plan once I felt like I wanted to meet up, usually after chatting for a few days. One of the guys I gave my number to just said he'd keep my number and meeting up in mind. Oi, Tinder convo attached. Okay, so let's read the Tinder combo. You be her, I'll be him. Okay. I'm the blue, right? Yes. Okay. It's been fun chatting, so text me if you'd like to meet up for a drink slash food slash both sometime. My number is blank. I'm here in LA Monday through Thursday for work and free after five those days. Love it. Love her text. It, 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 it's like, here you go. Here's all the tools. Build the house. He writes, most will follow eventually once they see how it goes. All right, we'll keep that in mind. Ah, glad you like chatting with me. Okay. Well, I don't like That's that. Just odd. That's it's just very odd. It's just not, you know, this is someone that... Um, this is just someone that doesn't want that wants to keep talking and talking and talking until you're out at night. Like to me, that's like uh, just telling you exactly what he is. You gay. You said you had a good conversation. I'm assuming the emailer is not a crazy person. I think most people are not crazy people. You felt enough to give a number. You felt safe enough to give a number. And this guy yep. was like, "Yeah, we'll stay. We'll keep it in mind. <laughs> I, this is a move on situation." Yeah, it's um, like if you say, "Hey, we should get a drink sometime." It's like, all right, the answer is either like, "Yeah, let's do it." Or some weird, vague bullshit like this. <laughs> yeah. I took oh, this God. as he was not interested, so I didn't reply. I waited a week, and he never got texted me. And so I unmatched him because that was a turnoff for me, and I no longer wanted to meet. This person is playing by you know, the playbook. They're doing all the great things. About two weeks later, he texted me with no name. It implied that I should just recall who he was. Text convo attached. So let's go to the text convo. So... They're in L.A., so he sends a L.A. Rams logo, and he says, it's game night. Sorry, don't have this number saved. Who is this? Remember on Tinder, we matched and chatted about sports. I chat with everyone on Tinder about sports, LOL. So without a name, I can't remember you. I, I, about, uh, so... I don't have the entire convo because it annoyed me and I deleted it. But what? He, but he went on to say that I, since I never responded to his last Tinder message, I ghosted him. I explained that I give my number because I wanted to meet, and since he never texted with a plan, I assumed he wasn't interested in moving on and, and moved on. He gave the excuse that I put two numbers in my Tinder message. Uh, which I did, but as you can see in the screenshot, I made a typo right away and corrected myself. I didn't really like the whole exchange, and so let him know it wasn't a match and moved on. Is there a, a way to let a guy know if he doesn't text, then I won't be continuing the conversation on the app? I thought it was clear, but this has happened a few times where a guy gives a non-committal response and never texts, so I don't respond. I don't want to be a ghoster, but I'm not sure how to be more clear or it's if it's even something I should be bothered should bother doing thanks for the insight what do you think okay uh as a woman that's on the apps it's like this is the most number one sign that you are not going to meet this person ever is if you give your number and you don't hear with them like within a day of just a text that's like hey it's so and so from hinge from tinder whatever just like here's my number back like she was 100 right to be like i don't have your number i've never heard from you i don't know who this is (laughs) she did Um, it's so interesting she did everything right and to get you the answers and she's Mm -hmm. doing things that we've given out on this podcast before you know where it's like hey give your number tell the days you're free make a plan and i'm down she's being agreeable she's being fun she's talking on apps she is doing it all right and now she's going she's getting to the end getting the answers that we say you're gonna get and she's like well am i the problem it's like no you're the fucking solution you're doing the right thing if a guy if it's hard for a guy to make a first date how easy is it going to be for him to make a second day? Mm-hmm. And what's the third day going to be like? And what's the marriage going to be like? So it's like, let's keep this in perspective. You're doing it all right. Um, I, you're not a ghoster. What they're doing is they're trying to, and this happens a lot in internet world. People take moral superiority with 
buzzwords and phrases so that they can make someone else feel bad and bring them back into their web of lies. So this person's like, whoa, 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 you're the one who ghosted me. And it's like, now they get you going, no, I'm not a ghoster. I swear. Come over. Let's have, let's hang out and not go out on a date. It's like, no, you asked for exactly what you wanted. He is a smart adult, just like you're a smart adult within reason. Both of you are within 10% of each other knowledge-wise and ability-wise. So, you know, you might be a Harvard graduate. He might be a state school dropout. But that's still, he. those two people can get on a date together and can understand that you wanted a plan and he didn't do that. Goodbye, right? Yeah, 100%. I'm like, the only thing I would have, like, added from her question of, like, how can you make it, like, hey, I don't want to talk anymore on the app. I've had people use the line of like, hey, I'm not on this app much. Here's my number. Would love to go out sometime. Send me a text. That's the only thing I would say to add. Everything else is perfect because <coughs> this is a big thing I realized with dating apps is like so many times you're messaging people and they are giving you like one line answers and not at all pinging the conversation back to you. And mm. I'm at the point where I'm like, I'll start a conversation or respond. I ask a question back. It's, it's easy, right? You think it's easy. But if someone's just always giving me those responses that I'm like, this doesn't warrant a response from me. It's just like no. that making a statement. Well, Glad you, you like chatting is- with me. I'll think about it. Okay. Like- right. Good luck. I'm going to move yeah. on to the next swipe. What you said is so true. It's easy. So if it's easy for you, it's easy for them. We always have to think. Whatever you're thinking, they're thinking. Whatever you know, they know. No one's smarter than anyone else. It's really it's simple, and he's making something not simple, and you have to wonder why. It's because they're looking for something else than you. You propose date. He did not make date. He's still hanging around. Why? Hmm. He'd like to hook up without commitment and without paying for a date, without going on a date. He wants to meet up late at night. It is just clear. So keep doing you. Keep doing this. This is the the roadmap. JTrainPodcast at gmail.com. JTrainPodcast at gmail.com. Erica Sparrow, thank you so much for coming on. This is fantastic. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Everyone go follow Erica right now at Sparica. She is on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, at Sparica, two A's. Shooters Gotta Shoot. That's the podcast every Thursday. I'm Jared Freed. We're here every Monday with your emails, your stories, your questions. Keep sending them in. Screenshot emails. We need them. Keep sending them. Back next episode. Boom.